Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This time out, it's going to be a different different thing because we're doing a recap of 20, 2020 with sort of a, I don't know, it's a, our inaugural. Is that Bruce, is that what the first, is that a word, inaugural? Inaugural awards? I, I don't know. That word isn't in my mind right now. I'm not sure why I would be thinking about inaugural things, but oh, very, oh, very good. Yeah, very eventful day. There's, there's, there's a lot of things going on in the U.S. of a, namely speaking, the Find Your Film Awards. Eric Holmes, do you know? Are we going to do this awards? Are we, are we streamlined? I think we're, we're going to each have our own little take on the Find Your Film Awards. Did you have? Did you do overdo your homework? Did you over prepare for this one, Eric Holmes? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, shit. I thought we'd be able to split it up, but I think you're right in the way that we should do it. But man, it was it hard to pare things down. Okay. You know, in, in a year where all I hear is uh, since there were no comic book movies, air quote, this year, people think that uh, there weren't any good movies came out this year. Mm-hmm. And there were lots of them. And okay. not only that, but we also got to mix in with movies we saw for the first time this year. So we're we're going 2020 and all through film history that we managed to uncover this year. And so uh, that's yes. that's quite of uh it's quite a breadth of movies to pick through. Okay, good. We're going to we're going to we we will we will rely on the breadth of your movie choices as, as well as Bruce Perky's movies choices. I actually only have 5 movie choices that run the gamut of 2020 for films that were released in 2020 films that i loved and i saw for the first time i just i just did that by the way spoiler alert wonder woman 1984 or is it 1983 or is it wonder woman thumbs down is not in it for me and we're also going to come up with some interesting i i came up with i'm trying to think of i i came up with awards bruce did you come up with some awards as well okay absolutely yep all right, and you too, Eric. You got some awards that you're gonna throw out in the hat that maybe I, they, they okay. I did, and I think I might have one that might stick throughout the years, depending oh. on how long we do the, uh, depending on how long we do this podcast. But I got one particularly uh, great award that we will hand out every year. I think it'll become a thing. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We're going to do the podcast till cinema dies. We're we're never. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep on going. We're gonna have the next generation. You <laughs> the know, way things and- are going, you shouldn't say that. It might be this year, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, yeah. vaccinations and everything. By the way, um, Andrew, I, here's a spoiler: Andrew Perky will be taking over Find Your Film the next fifteen years with a new crew, maybe with Claire Miller, my niece. Who knows? Eric Holmes, you got someone to take take over the mantle for you if once once you get old and once you're uh, retired, or do you sit? Are, do you, <clears throat> Will you be hanging out with Andrew and Claire? Will you be bringing up the rear? Will you be the Yoda of film of uh, find your film critics <laughs> to shepherd movies, them? Movies, movies, you must watch. <laughs> or I'm longer. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> well, I think you'd be good. You'd be a, you'd be a good mentor. I think. Well, well, and you you can have really nice fond memories of of hopefully of me and Bruce <laughs> as we go to the final. That's our final destination, not to cheer things up. But here's the thing. Before we get to our Find Your Film Awards, we also have one movie to review this week. It's called The White Tiger. It hits globally on Netflix January 22nd, and it was actually in select theaters January 13th. We're going to do The White Tiger. Also, Eric and I have a each individually have a movie pick. 
Bruce Perky's movie pick is actually enveloped into his weekly What's in the Box segment where listeners to the show and members of our community give Bruce Perky some movies that he can watch, recommendations. He puts them on a slip of paper, puts them in the proverbial box. And do you have the box with you right now, Bruce Perky, for a little bit of audio Brian Eno noise? Okay, very good. He's, he's shaking the box. Okay, so he's going to pick his the movie that he's going to watch next week. What was the movie that you're reviewing this week, Bruce Perky, for the What's in the Box segment? The one and only Ivan on Disney Plus, and that was a choice that my son put into the box. Very good. Your son, Andrew, has very good taste in movies. Eventually, I will be watching the one and only Ivan. Eric Holmes, have you seen the one and only Ivan as of yet on Disney Plus? I have Plus? not. Okay. I have, not. I have not. Okay. Maybe that might, who knows? We'll listen to Bruce. Maybe he'll have something really insightful to say about the one and only Ivan when he does it for what's in the box. Now, before we get to the find your film awards, there is no movie rewind this week. So we're just going to go right in and dive into the white tiger. It's written for the screen and direct, directed by Ramin Barani. And it's based on the book, the white tiger by Aravind Adiga and uh, you know, it just centers on this on this Indian Indian kid, grows up in a low caste society. He's part of a lower caste in a small village. He has dreams of, I guess, making it in the big time. And he, his version of making it in the big time, especially in that society, is to become a servant for a rich family. He ends up becoming a servant for a rich family, specifically the heir to a fortune, the son of of an of a re- very very rich and powerful man in India. So this main character thinks he has it all just by serving, serving his masters. I had learned to use my time to eavesdrop on customers, waiting for an opportunity. Something my brother had given up on long ago. That was when I first saw him, the stock's youngest son, Mr. Ashok. He had just moved from America back to India, to Dhanbad, where his family had made a fortune in coal. I knew then, this was the master for me. It's an interesting movie. It's over two hours. And I wanted, I'm a huge fan of Ramin Barani because I loved his previous movies, 99, I think 99 Homes and at any price, which starred Zac Efron and Dennis Quaid. But I really enjoyed The White Tiger. I wanted to know what Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes thought of this movie overall. Currently on IMDb, I see a 6.5 out of, out of 10 score. Yeah. So the lead actor is, is Adarsh Gurav. He plays Balram, I believe. Is that Balram? Is that the lead guy? Yeah. But anyways, Bruce Perky, what is your thoughts on on the on the white tiger i enjoyed it quite a bit too um i think it's a really interesting take and kind of immersion into possibly you know society we're not so familiar with the caste system the idea of you know servant master and this the idea one thing he talks about a lot is kind of how someone gets into the mindset of 
of accepting their fate, even though they have the means to get out of their fate. And he talks about the rooster coop being stuck in the rooster coop because the roosters are stuck in cages, watching their brethren be slaughtered and made for food, but they don't try to escape from their coops. So that's kind of a big idea of this and how that would work out. I felt like at times it almost had, um, now it doesn't have the same take, but it almost felt like, like a good fellas in some ways, kind of like coming from nowhere, seeing the cool kids or the, the people that have the power and like trying to figure out all the angles to get to that point. But it also had a way of doing it where it, 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 it let you be sympathetic to him all the way along, even though he's not always making choices that are necessarily what we would think are the best choices. They might be the best choices he has available to him. So I thought it was interesting. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. What, what about you, Eric? You know, I found that you get, you really get to see Balram's suffering at the hands of his quote unquote masters. Did you find the pacing, the overall storytelling of the white tiger exemplary or were you mixed on the film? It's funny that Bruce mentions Goodfellas because I was thinking Scarface. This has a lot in common with Scarface, which now that I think of it, that could be a spoiler. But um, <laughs> this, uh, I, the, I would say the first half, like it was enjoyable, but I was like, okay, or, you know, it, it was kind of losing me. And then it hit it hit a point in the second half where it uh, flashes back to the thing that happens right at the beginning. Because it does that thing in movies where it, it, it has that beginning that gets you hooked. And then they say like six months earlier or, or whatever. And then they go back in time, bring you up to that. When they get back to that point where that thing happens, then things started getting really interesting for me. I'm like, huh, okay. And then, and to Bruce's point, like the main character, he's kind of a shithead, but, and this is kind of where the, the uh, first half, even though I didn't love it, the first half is kind of important because, you know, it's a culture that a lot of us might not be familiar with. So you kind of have to, you kind of have to get into his head a bit and know his history to know why he's doing the things he's doing, why he's acting the way, and it doesn't always excuse it, but at least it kind of gives you work of this is why the things are happening and the last half of the movie is dynamite absolutely absolutely fantastic and the uh the oh i wish we could do spoilers (laughs) but the uh the the character that he becomes at the end actually really appreciate and love Mm. Uh, i'll leave it i'll I'll leave it at that okay the the character it, it it you know it's he still has problems but to go through all that and then to become the person that he became is kind of uh, – actually, it's uh, it has a lot in common of why I like the third Godfather. There's like sp- <laughs> the sprinkles of that in there. Doesn't mean don't see this. I know a lot of people hate that movie. <laughs> By the way, but, Eric Holmes uh, loves it, Godfather 3. That's a compliment from him. Yeah, I'm glad you thought it was great. I thought it was great too. You know, the, the actor who plays Balram Hallway is Adarsh Gurav. And A D A R S H. The movie doesn't work if he doesn't give a great performance. If he doesn't, if he's not charismatic in the role, Bruce. Do you agree with that? As far as he's really the center of the, everything, it's an epic story. And if it if he doesn't work, the movie just falls. Yeah, well, like we both said, like whether it's Scarface or Goodfellas, like in one it's you know the Al Pacino character, in the other one it's you know it's the character of Frank Bramber's name all of a sudden. But just those actors have to kind of carry the load all the way through, and you have to follow their path. So if you don't buy into their plight to some degree 
you're not on board, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what's great about the white tiger, like Eric, you were saying about getting into the culture of India, the caste system and the way and the different religions in India and how, how they intermix or how there is a conflict. You see a little bit of the machinations of, of how Balram tries to actually work his way into the good graces of his quote unquote masters in, in this movie. And pretty much a huge chunk of the movie deals with how he serves them. And as Americans, we're just wondering, oh, why don't, why doesn't Balram take action now? Why does he need to do it right now? And then as the movie unfolds, you start getting acclimated to the rhythms of how this society works. And I found that very interesting. I found actually the lead up, a lot of the story more interesting than Eric, you're talking about the final 30 minutes. I was fine with the 30 final 30 minutes, but I just loved the whole world building of the white tiger. And eventually when that final act happens, I'm, I'm not saying I was disappointed. I was just, I just loved, I preferred everything else that went before. Also the theme of it's very resonant. Make sure you try to treat everyone <laughs> really well, no matter what station of life they're in. <laughs> I think it's a very simple theme, but it's hammered home effectively in the White Tiger. Eric, I saw you. You wanted to say something, add something. Yeah. Well, for, first of all, it, it wasn't the last 30 minutes. I love this last hour, but that's how good it was. It felt like 30 minutes. <laughs> but yeah. uh, with the first half, the first half of the hour, and I I forget the, the wife's name. Was oh, it uh, Pinky? Pinky. Pinky, yeah. Pinky. Pinky, madam. That Her character was really interesting because she she was Indian moved to the state so now she grew up in a she grew up in a place that had a completely different you know she grew up in a completely different culture madam i'm really sorry madam i'll stop it's fine sit i'll stop sit. eating pan madam no no that's not what i'm Just sit down i think it's wrong the way you work for us you should be finishing your education starting your own family Ashok sir, and you are family to me, madam. Don't say that. That's not true, Balram. Really, madam? No, you can't possibly believe that. Do you know what my parents do in America? They run this shitty little bottega in Jackson Heights, selling beer, pan, and porn. I used to do my homework in the basement. One night, I saw my mom being held at gunpoint, and she still finished working the entire night. I got out, Balram. What is it that you want to do? So she's kind of, I, I don't know about the filmmakers, but she's definitely where we are, where she's the, you know, she's the person seeing how they treat uh Balram and basically talking shit to like, why you gotta be a dick? You know, why, why are you slapping them around? Why are you kicking them around? And where anyone else that grew up in that culture would be like, no, no, shut up. Don't, don't talk. She doesn't give a fuck because she didn't grow up in that culture. So she doesn't understand that, you know, she doesn't understand that normally people in that culture wouldn't be able to get away with that. Yeah. But then again, she just has this confidence where they're like, uh, I mean, you don't know. So I'm going to let you get away with it. But, uh, yeah, that, it was a really interesting clash of cultures anytime she came appeared on screen. Well, I'm glad The White Tiger was made. I, I think this is a really awesome film from director Ramin Barani. Here's the thing with Barani. I loved 99 Homes. That was made back in 2014, two years before that, 2012, at any price. Have you guys seen any of his other films like mm -hmm. The Chop Shop or Goodbye Solo or Man Push Cart. Those are all just supposedly highly, they're just critically acclaimed. So even before, but I remembered because I interviewed him 
back in 2012 for at any price. And eventually again, for 99 homes, he was known around that time as mainly a documentary or, or just a very indie filmmaker. It's, it's nice to see that he takes some of that aesthetic to the white tiger. Did any of you guys see that documentary feel aesthetic or if you did not know, okay, so no, this is more. Okay. Nope. Bruce, did you see any of that? Or did you see more of a a stylized filmmaker? I saw it. I saw it as fairly stylized, but I would say if anything, the documentary style isn't there in style, like in form, but maybe in the way his eye goes, like he definitely would take moments and just go to, well, like all of the stuff that's in the garage, I guess, of that giant skyscraper hotel building, whatever it is. Yeah. And just kind of seeing that element of life and letting it just be there. It was done stylishly like a, like a film. You know what I mean? Not a not documentary, but I think what it was looking at was kind of that documentary eye of seeing the the small details in in the regular everyday life. One other thing I wanted to bring up: you talked about the masters treating the servants well, kind of that thematic. I think another big thematic in here, which is also really pertinent, is the idea of of opportunity and what's considered crime. And at what level is something considered crime and where another level it's considered just the way you play the system. And I think that was kind of interesting stuff. And without talking about the ending at all, I think you could have two entirely different readings of his character at the ending, taking into account that this whole thing is the way he's presenting himself to someone he wants to impress. Because remember, that is the that is the artifice of this movie is that he's, I mean, there's no way he's writing this, but supposedly he's writing this as this email to, um, what is it, the Prime Minister some, of China or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, some official in China. So yeah, he's really power. trying to kind of also, he is pumping himself up to some degree, or he might be, you know, tinging the story and all that stuff. You know, it's the old the old trope, right, of the unreliable narrator, but definitely something to consider as a possibility here. That's so. an interesting read. Yeah, very good, Bruce. A very interesting read. So ultimately, I The White Tiger, strong recommend for me. Definitely check it out. It's mm-hmm. two hours and five minutes. For me, it didn't feel like a slog. Eric Holmes, your thumbs up for you as well. Strong, Rekka? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, I, I, like even, you know, the, the first half of it, even though it kind of, you know, didn't love the first half as much as the second half. I liked it enough, and I absolutely loved the second half. The ending was even better. So right. it, it's just one of those just kept getting better and better and better as it went along. So, yeah, definitely a strong recommend for me. Okay, first and finally, Bruce, double thumbs yes. up. Okay. Yeah, right. strong recommend for me too. And I would also agree it doesn't seem like a long movie. And I think that some people might be pulled back a little bit because it's like, oh, this is life in India and all this kind of stuff. This is very accessible, I think, to a Western audience. You can... The storytelling is very accessible. So, a couple of things on Rami and Barani before we we move on to the Find Your Film Awards. You might know uh, Rami Bar- Barani for he was actually featured in the Roger Ebert documentary from 2014, Life Itself. He talked about how he met Ebert and how Roger Ebert was a big influence in his life. I have to actually rewatch some of those that interview. I remember him being prominently featured in that doc. Because Ramin is he's a huge cinephile. I remember interviewing him for 99 Homes and I was talking about how his work reminds me of a certain filmmaker. And he says, Oh yeah, I, I'm a huge cinephile. And he starts talking about some kind of opening shot of of 99 Homes and relating it to a Billy Wilder movie, all that kind of stuff. Really went over my head because he's way smarter than I am. So Ramin Barani's The White Tiger, again, playing in select theaters currently and more importantly globally on netflix 
January 22nd. Strong recommends from all three of us. Speaking of recommends, this is our 2020 inaugural. Again, I I, I got to use that word because I never use that word. Find your film awards. I don't know how we start this. I I think my my suggestion was each of us do a top five top five of 2020 and we gumbo pot it meaning some of them some of those five picks will be films that are we first saw in 2020 and then another couple of picks will be films that actually came out in 2020 that we really loved so i ha- probably have the least amount of top five picks or top maybe it's top 10 picks how many picks did you come up with bruce and how many picks did you come up with eric as eric holmes is laughing and i'm looking at like maybe 30 or 40 but bruce how many picks did you come up with well, I figured I could do them as pairs, so it would be 10. So I would do like the five from 2020 and then the five from whatever year that I first saw this year. And okay. I worked my way up. Fair so. enough. Eric Holmes, you were disqualified, but how many did you come up with? Well, if that's the way we're going, I will also jump on that because I just happen to have five <laughs> from each, each thing. So I will do them as pairs as well. So Greg, you lose. <laughs> I lose. I am outnumbered, folks. You know what? Here's a here's a twist. There's a there might be a twist in the White Tiger. Here's a twist in the Find Your Film. That means you know I I tried to I tried to skew it like these guys weren't following the rules. Nope. I'm just underprepared. Underprepared for the Find Your Film awards. I'm gonna start off with my top five because mine is very easiest to digest first of all, and then we're gonna di- do a real awards dive with Bruce and Eric's picks. So my top five films of 2020. This includes. Films that were released in 2020 and films that I saw for the first time under the auspices of doing this podcast with these lovely human beings. Number one, I don't know, I should go number five down to number one. My number five pick is So Dark the Night, directed by Joseph H. Lewis. Here's my qualification for that. It's not a top five legitimately might not be my top five of 2020, but it's top five as regarding impact. I love So Dark to the Night. It's a mystery thriller about a a French police inspector who decides to go vacation for a week in some kind of village. He meets he meets and falls in love with a much younger woman. She gets murdered and he has never lost a case. He's always found his proverbial man or killer. So he's now so it's very so dark is the night so dark the night now this french detective has to find the killer of the only woman he ever fell in love with in his life one thing i really loved about it is it's only i think it's only like maybe 70 or 80 minutes and the reason why i put it uh, on number 5 was it's an ambitious film shot in black and white joseph h lewis used paris and he doubled it was it's set in paris it's actually shot in canoga park california which is a suburb in in los angeles so i thought joseph h lewis we all did a, a director spotlight on him a couple months ago he's one of my favorite directors that's my number five my number do what should i just finish up my five and then then you guys do yours yeah 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 okay. let's do let's do a round of fives and a round of fours yeah okay okay and then yeah i'll do the round of zeros next okay so number four is road games it's a it's a movie that bruce perky just discovered <laughs> and the fact that it stars Stacy Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis it's an homage to an Alfred Hitchcock Alfred, it's a Alfred Hitchcock type thriller but again it's set on the road there may be some kind of killer on the road who is chasing Stacy Keach's character Stacy Keach is a truck driver Jamie Lee Curtis is a drifter he picks up on the road and 
does she have a connection to this killer? Is she the killer? Who knows? Is a truck, what is a truck driver witnessing something that he shouldn't have? Or is it all in his mind? There's a lot of weird things that go on in road games. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad that Bruce Perky picked it. The reason why it's my number four, it's, it's a movie that's just really right up my alley and really hit me in a good way. And it was one of the, I think the best recommend recommendations we had on the podcast. My number three is thanks to Eric Holmes. It's the documentary, Be Natural, The Untold Story of Elise Guy Blachet. This is value added because I had no idea, none of us had an idea who Elise Guy Blachet was, female filmmaker, very cel- celebrated you know, among cinephiles, but her name even to this day is not, should be, should be more told instead of untold. And the documentary itself, directed by Pamela B. Green, is really well done. Eric Holmes spotlighted Elise Guy Blachet on a previous Find Your Film episode. My number two film is Sound of Metal. We've waxed poetic, waxed poetic at how amazing this movie is. I, I'm sure you guys put it on your top. We can talk about that later. Currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Very resident film. Really hit me in the proverbial feels. My number one is Nomad Land, a, a movie that really spoke to me because I don't like leaving the house. It has a character, <laughs> her her entire life is all about leaving the house, having no house, and meeting strangers, stragglers, wanderers, just really salt of the earth people along the way, and and her being independent even in the face of tragedy. I found Nomad Land. It's my actually my cousin over in the Philippines. He was asking me if he should see Nomad Land because he heard it was sad. And I said, yeah, well, and I was thinking what, I think it was either Eric or Bruce was saying that it's sad at places, but ultimately I, I feel the spirit of the movie is in a way uplifting. It's about persevering and going your own way, um, even in the face of tragedy. So Nomadland is number one with a bullet for me. Bruce Perky, you're up next. <laughs> All right. So like I said, I'm going to do my pairs. So it'll be like this year and then number five this year and then number five that I saw for the first time this year from what every year it came out. So, and I don't have my IMDb information for each one. So I'm just going to wing it, give you a basic description and you can listen to some of our other episodes. If you want to get a deeper dive on those, that's what I would advise. Go back and listen to all these episodes (laughs) or just go watch the movie first. That'd be the best thing. Drive up our listener Um, account. That'd be great. That's right. (laughs) You have to listen to all of them again. All right. (laughs) So my number five of 2020 is Venom. film, the old man, the movie, the stop motion craziness from Estonia. You've got the crazy milker dude chasing after the loose cow and the kids and the grandpa, the old man in tow and awesomeness ensues. It is available to buy on DVD from Estonia. If you need to do that, I have actually tried a couple of times, but I haven't quite got my cards to work right. Cause I don't know what the money's and the translation is yet, <laughs> but it will someday be available easier for all of us. And I will eventually get that spread to everybody. My number five that I saw for the first time this year was the Duke of Burgundy. All and right. that was the movie that was suggested actually by uh, Mr. William Lindis from movie bears Co- podcast. We love them. Um, yeah. A movie about, a very unusual power dynamic between two women uh, that is both sexual and loving and doesn't go in directions you think. It's very poetic and very interesting and very beautiful. And I I would say if you haven't ever looked into the the Duke of Burgundy, it's one to look out for. I don't believe it's streaming for free anywhere, but you can rent it. Uh, And it came out, I believe, in two or three years ago. 
2014. Yeah, there you go. So six years ago. Oh my gosh. Time is flying. <laughs> my number four, and Greg will appreciate this, that I saw this year is driveways. Love driveways. We all love driveways here. Yes. Uh, Brian Dennehy, I think it's considered his last um, screen performance uh, as the elderly neighbor. This is kind of a kinder, gentler version of Gran Torino, I guess you'd say, where you've got the old crusty veteran neighbor. You've got a young mom and her younger son cleaning out the aunt's house next door. And a friendship is built between them. And it sounds sappy. It sounds like a lifetime movie. It's anything but. It's genuine and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. It could have gone lifetime any second of, I am in shock still that it doesn't go there because very few films can toe that line. Eric Holmes, you didn't, did you see it? You didn't, you haven't seen Driveways. Wow. Not yet. You will be, do you you like Brian Dennehy at all? I do. do. He he was sweet in First Blood and Tommy Boy. (laughs) You will, you will see, you will, you you will, uh, you will love Brian Dennehy in Driveways. It's a very quiet movie. But quiet yet powerful, right, Bruce? Very powerful. Yes. Yeah, very quiet, very power- quiet yet powerful. And one of those movies you can just sit with. This is to me like one of those movies like, I don't know, like Breaking Away or these kind of movies where you just are with characters in a quiet setting and it's just really truthful and you just love it. Yeah. By the way, biggest compliments are, Bruce, towards the end, you don't want it to end. You're just saying you, you're yeah. living li- your, your life with these people. Like, I don't, you don't want to leave the house, right? So, yep. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And you just, even though it's such a small little area, like you feel like, you know, that neighborhood and it's, it's, it's like the movie, the equivalent of sitting on your porch and talking to your neighbors. It sounds boring, but it's not. Number four that I saw for the first time this year was possession. Sam Neill, Johnny, I believe is, uh, yeah. Johnny is the actress. Isabel Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute insane movie. One of the most intense movies I've ever seen acting on a scale of one to 10 is about 20 as far as scene chewing goes, but it works in this movie and it's just a a visceral, strange, nightmarish breakup story for the ages, I guess you'd say. And for anyone who's seen it, they know what I mean. And for anyone who hasn't, I I would say tread lightly. It may not be for the average viewer, but if you like very crazy, intense movies, it's it's worth a watch. Uh, If you can find it, you got to buy it on DVD, basically. That's the only way you're going to get it. (laughs) Or Blu-ray. Yeah, but it's at a premium cost, right? On DVD. I think you can get a Blu-ray now for 30 to 40 bucks, something like that, depending on where you find it. Yeah, it's, it's a little iffy, but it's, it's, a, it's possible to, have, to get. What's more intense, possession or irreversible? Irreversible is more viscerally intense, like visually and what's actually occurring in front of you. But I would say possession is more emotionally intense. Mm, it's okay. very insane. My number three on Apple TV Plus is the animated movie Wolf Walkers that came out this year. Wolf Walkers is about, I think it's the 1400s in Ireland, the British, there's a British settlement, a father and his daughter. The father is supposed to basically clear the woods of wolves and the daughter wants to be like him. She goes out there and meets a little girl from the woods who is a wolf walker and it's magical and it's beautiful. And it's, it's like what every kid's movie should be which is just a great movie and a great story for whatever age you're at and not having to rely on like in jokes, you know, and stuff like that. It's just a great story. So what's the age range you think you said kids seven and up? Uh, zero to 99. Really? So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Anybody could watch this movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, I-, I guess 
I suppose there could be a tiny bit of scary stuff with wolves and stuff if you're like a little teeny, teeny kid, but it's so stylized. I don't think very much. I mean, no more scary than like classic Disney, you know, is what I would say. Okay, very good. And then my number three that I saw for the first time this year is Vampire from, what is it? 19... What do we decide, Eric? 1921? <laughs> something like that? I don't remember. 22? It's like 1932 or something. No, 19- it's not that late. I don't think it's Yeah, it? 1932. 1932. Oh, I didn't think it was that late. Called Ooh, suck it, nerds! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Eric. Very good on that. <laughs> anyway, Vampire. Yeah, Dreyer. It's, it's expressionistic. It's moody. It's impeccably photographed in black and white. It's just... One of the eeriest, creepiest, especially for that movie, that old movies that I've ever seen. And it was one of those movies that every so often you see a movie that you think you should have heard of your whole life and you haven't. And when you see it, you're like, how did I not hear about this in my whole life? And that was Vampire to me. Yeah. Did you ever end up seeing it, Greg? I know. You know, I ended up seeing about 10 minutes of it on the Criterion channel. I was so transfixed and I said, I'm going to go back and watch it. And I just haven't gone gone back because I know eventually I'm going to get to it. It's one of those things. So... Yeah, it's it's when you look at some of these photos, you're just blown away. How beautiful it's, it's and I know Eric's with me on this one. It's it's pretty great. <laughs> My number two that I saw for the this well that is from 2020, apparently, is on Shudder. Yay, Shudder, we are on here. That is Dogs Don't Wear Pants. This is the movie I've tried more than <laughs> any other movie to drag people to watch, and no one does. I've seen I know William Lindis has seen it, <laughs> and a couple other people I know have seen it. This movie is spectacular and subversive and surprisingly inspiring and uplifting. And you know, although it's, you wouldn't know it from the description, but, and I want to say this is from Sweden or Norway or Denmark, someplace like that. It's a, a man trying to struggle with the loss of his wife. He is taking his teenage daughter to go get a piercing. He goes downstairs in the piercing shop and finds there's a pay for BDSM place there where he quickly meets up with a woman who offers those services. And the ongoing relationship and obsession that occurs between him and this woman, he is the dog doesn't wear pants, you might guess, is unlike just about anything I've ever seen. And it's quite amazing. And once again, it proves that Shudder is doing things that are not just horror, but just incredibly interesting cinema wow, dogs don't number wear two pants. first time i saw this year yeah dogs don't wear pants you guys should all be watching dogs don't wear pants eric you didn't see it yet nope i keep forgetting about it but i wrote it down so okay. we will be re- we will be rewinding that soon okay dogs don't wear pants i want to at least be blamed by somebody for hating it you know so that's okay i, 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 I like also it. wrote road games because that's, that's the other one that i keep forgetting about so. that's eric holmes movie straight that's eric yeah, oh, that is a movie yes. that should be that you would have that poster emblazoned in, in your room. You, you, you would love road games. We get, we get a tattoo of it right here. Or very yeah. right here. Yeah. Right there at the biohazard gubs. style. Gubs. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love road games. If Eric doesn't like road games, I don't I'll have to just stop yeah, the podcast. No, Something's wrong. It's Something's an Eric right. movie. Totally. My number two that I saw for the first time this year is Millennium Actress. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it kind of hit me out of nowhere because I expected to like all of the other Satoshi Kon more when I read the descriptions, but when I finally got to Millennium Actress and we talked about it quite a bit, so I'm not going to go to detail, but, um, I just loved it. So yeah, Millennium that, Actress. that literally should be in my top five easily. And I, I didn't do my top five correctly, but yes, I, I endorse it. I'm not a huge animation fan or anime fan 
or stop motion animation fan or any animation thing or manga and none of that stuff. Millennium actress, like we've said in our Satoshi Khan special, which Bruce Perky spearheaded, Millennium Actress is probably one of the best stories I've ever seen in cinema. If they ever try to remake it, I will hurl. <laughs> It'll be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my number one from this year is no surprise, uh, Sound of Metal. We've talked about it. It's beautiful. It's it's just an awesome movie. Uh, and once again, you could argue over, and I, I might've put Nomadland, Nomadland on here, but I'm considering it for... 2021 so wait for next year for nomadland for me because it hasn't been released to the mass public yet but sound of metal the bullet for me i loved everything about it it's just great i think we all liked it at least a lot whether it's on our list or not and i know it was on greg's the number two so and my number one that i saw for the first time this year was a portrait of a lady on fire i don't know why i have two romances on the top of my list but hey whatever (laughs) old man perky here portrait of lady on fire isn't for everybody but for me it just hit all the right notes um it's to me like we talked about vertigo this is kind of almost the it kind of almost hits the same emotional points in different ways it's not the same kind of movie but it has the same sort of obsessive beauty and like just if you're gonna watch a romance it should have it should feel like this it should feel like it's necessary like these two characters just have to be together but will they be together and that may be make it tragedy or not once again it's about a woman sent to paint another woman for her arranged marriage the woman who's being painted has been very troublesome and has not been cooperating and slowly their relationship turns from artist and subject to much more and it's beautiful amazing movie it's a great great film a lot of complaints from people after the movie got its round of i guess acclaim a lot of people say it's a slow moving movie some detractors said it was slow and they didn't really get the point eric holmes do you ever see portrait of a lady on fire no i have not oh my i don't watch movies ever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> actually portrait it'd be interesting to see if you yeah. actually dig it eric Holmes. yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it's it, it it was one of those movies like i i heard nothing but good things but just something about us like just like i i was at entertainment I'm plug entertainment again i had the i had the blu-ray <laughs> in my hand i'm looking at it i'm like uh and then i put it down just <laughs> it's well, one, on one of these days i will pull the hulu. trigger but I, hulu <laughs> you don't have to pay for it eric <laughs> Yeah, but maybe I do. <laughs> maybe yeah, I do. Because uh, I, I think it's like a Criterion release, and the DVD looks so nice. Yeah. And yeah. so, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to pull the trigger on it one of these days. I just don't know when. And then when I do, I'll be like, yeah, I, done this, I, this is one I could, I could see yeah. Eric going a little bit either way. I don't think Eric would hate it, but I could see him not loving it as much as we do. But Road Games. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Road Games is the one. That's definitely rewind soon. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. And uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, if you see it in Entertainment, I, th- I think one of the reasons why I should definitely maybe make, make a purchase is the ending, which we're not going to give away, will have you analyzing the ending. So as a as a writer, as you, you like to analyze a lot of things, Eric, I think the ending will leave you analyzing a lot of like whether this or whether that. And I think whether you love it or as much as me and Bruce, I think you'll appreciate where the movie goes towards the end. So hmm. just FYI. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is slow moving. Some people will, some people are right, but that's that's called the pace of a movie. That's how to tell a friggin' story. That's my take on it. But the ending, the ending is very memorable. 
for port and the music's fantastic in my opinion so okay great job bruce portrait okay so you're finished eric holmes what is your top 56 or 550 <laughs> I, I did the, i did a similar thing to bruce i got the top five of 2020 and the top five first watches so we'll just uh we'll just blast right through these okay uh, the uh number five for 2020 is Renapal. and i did not think this would be on here but Holy the more moly. i thought of it Okay. The more I thought of it, this uh, well, first of all, it's it's Will Wheaton, and it's this movie is totally Brian Landis Falcon's movie, like one hundred and ten percent. This is his movie, but this reminded me of the first time I watched the Sixth Sense. Not that there's like a big twist or anything to it, but when I saw the first, when I saw the Sixth Sense, I was blown away by the twist, but I was also blown away by how understated it was. Like I understood how to make that movie. It's like oh. You need a camera and a good story and some good acting. Mix it in a gumbo pot and bam, you got a good movie. And that's exactly what Renapal is. It's 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 absolutely something that budding filmmakers can watch and go, you know, I can do that, and that's pretty good. That's something worth striving for. And so the more I thought about it, I decided Renapal number five, top five of twenty twenty. And is it deceptively ambitious the way the story is told? I remember you you were saying how it's really you know it's really that person's performance that holds the movie. And that's, I, a, I think that's a hard thing to do really. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it ambitious is the right word. Maybe it is, but just the, and I don't have the director's name in front of me, which is terrible because <laughs> number five, but uh, just, they knew the story they wanted to tell and they were able to just rein everything in so perfectly like if you read robert rodriguez's movie rebel without a or his book rebel without a crew you know that he's uh writes a script based on what he can get his hands on what's available and Renna powell is a great example of this is what we have to work with let's you know let's write that or maybe they wrote the script first and figured it out later the whole fact that i don't even know it speaks speaks well to how well they put this movie together for almost nothing Oh, Rent-A-Pal, written and directed by John Stevenson. I forget, Bruce, there you go. is it um, streaming or something? Or Shutter? Is it a Shutter thing? Yes. Rent-A-Pal, I believe I saw it on Hulu, if okay, I remember cool. correctly. Okay, very cool. I, I definitely want to check that one out as well. So do you think we're going to like it? Eric Holmes, are we going to like it? I know Bruce does. Yeah, <laughs> I already watched it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you watch it. You watch uh, it. I forget. Yeah, you, yeah. you watch it. But... uh yeah, yeah, Renapal is definitely worth worth checking out. Um, not again, not something I expected to have on my top five of the year, but it 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 wormed its way in there. So good job. And you're not surprised, um, Bruce, with the top five pick for Rentapal? You enjoy? No, it I well? can see that, and also knowing Eric, because I, I I knowing really his his love for like a really well made like independent and someone taking a smaller budget and really maximizing it. I feel like. Eric loves it when that happens, which I do too. So I could totally see that being an Eric movie as well. I mean, it's a good movie too, on top of that. Very cool. Currently streaming on Hulu. And my top five first time watch is uh, there's this movie with uh, uh, what's his name, Michael Douglas, but it's his dad, Kirk Douglas. Have you guys heard of this guy? (laughs) (laughs) He was in this, uh, he was in this movie called The Fury. I don't know if yes. you guys heard of it. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard of the Fury, but uh, it's oh, a it, cool. It, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a it's a really good indie movie. I, I believe it costs like a thousand dollars to make or something, something similar to wow. that. And uh, it's uh, directed by this brand 
Palme? Brain <laughs> that de is Palme? A, that is a great choice. <laughs> I, that is out of the blue. I did you just really enjoy the way it was like you with Rent Pal, the way that the story is told? Were you just did you just enjoy the way it was executed? The Palme executed the story? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's kind of uh and I think and mostly I wanted to represent De Palma because when starting this when starting this podcast with you, like I always liked De Palma. I always liked them. But you kind of instilled a new kind of love for De Palma in me. And I couldn't I, I couldn't pick uh, you know, the John Lithgow one because I've seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> so but the the Fury Fury is definitely up there and definitely worth a watch. And I'm glad I watched it for the first time this year. And I'm only mad that I didn't watch it earlier. Oh, very, and very plus Kirk Douglas can't go wrong Kirk Douglas I, I also wanted to go with uh, Inherit the Wind the mm. third version mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen but I already saw the first two versions so that seemed like a cheat to- yeah. <laughs> I think you're the only person who's seen every single version of Inherit the Wind I, yes. I don't think I have I think there might be a couple more hidden out there but I will find them and I will watch them <laughs> the, the, the Scopes family thanks you <laughs> the all puppet version you haven't seen that one yet I don't think <laughs> Thank you for, right. for the fury. That was very cool. Uh, number four, uh, we'll, we'll kind of snake back around the uh, top five first time watches. Number four, I'm going with Satoshi Kon's Perfect Blue. Yes. Of all the ones, uh, and I still need to watch the Tokyo Godfathers. It's sitting there. I have not watched that. But maybe, maybe he'll come up in uh, 2021. Because <laughs> that's why it's a good idea to spread these out. But uh, Perfect Blue of the ones we've watched so far. I I don't know that that's the one that kind of that that's someone that just grabbed me the most. And I don't know why. I think Paprika is technically the better of the two, mm. but Perfect Blue just Perfect Blue just hit me more than more than the rest of them. Well, so that's why that's that's well, why that's I, it, number four. It plays to the whole De Palma thing. First of all, Perfect Blue is kind of like a animated Brian De Palma Hitchcock film, and it's very perverse and it's very well executed. And it has a lot. Uh, also, unlike some of, I hate to say, not not to throw shade at De Palma, but it also has something to say about how we live in our life, our, how we live our lives these days. Perfect Blue had a message to it. I'm saying some of De Palma's films don't have a real message, and I still love them. But I, I love that Perfect Blue was a lot deeper than what would think. And I, I, I think that's a great pick. I, I think I understand why you really loved Perfect Blue. So, and I wanted to snake back around because my number four is probably something you're not going to uh, suspect. Uh oh, because you thought it might be higher. Number four is Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh, very cool! Mm. You've, you've seen at least ten times. Eric Holmes yes. has seen. Yes, you have, right? I, I, I've talked this movie to death. Uh, there's not much more to say about it, but in putting the list together. Like Chicago seven was like firmly in the top three. And then the more I thought about it, something knocked it out of the top three. This is not at all to say trial. The Chicago seven is not good. It is fantastic movie. In fact, all my top fives and even some below the top fives should also all be the number ones. (laughs) That's not how numbers work guys. We're professionals. We do numbers in order. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. That's hey, it's still a high number, high ranking for the trial of Chicago Seven. It's still a high number. Yep. And so number three, first time watch is The Headhunter. Yeah. Oh, oh this movie's fine. Oh, this movie's it's so good. up my alley. 
this movie's so far up my alley. It's just like it lives up inside my. Now I'm gonna stop talking. But <laughs> <laughs> it is alley. <laughs> and Bruce, you, it's, it doesn't. Bruce, it doesn't live upside in your in your arm. But you still were high on the headhunter, right, Bruce? If I recall. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't go quite as deep as it did with Eric, but it did yeah, penetrate what, my soul a little bit. So oh, okay, I'll take that. One one of my favorite movies the other year was uh, Their Man Out Austin Myers Iceman, and this movie is so close in tone to that, and kind of the same sort of. And, and there's no way this isn't. And had actually, I believe this movie came out the same year. So had had I even knew about this movie, that movie and Iceman would have been neck and neck. I think. I just I but just the- had a quote unquote. Well, I'm I'm gonna say this in a in a nice way. You know, hey, we're, we're an explicit podcast. I have a a cinematic wet dream fantasy for Eric Holmes. He uh, theaters open, but he gets the theater to himself, or maybe he can bring some guests double feature Iceman, Iceman and headhunter, the headhunter back to back. Could you do it in a big theater? Could you, would you be blown away if you could see it? I absolutely ben- could. And I would slack all the seats in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> all you can eat. You're going to, you're going to be there for about what three and a half four hours what are you eating at all alone by yourself in the theater actually both movies are quite short they're like less than an hour and a half i think but uh okay. yeah i probably i'd probably just eat popcorn drink water i guess i think you could watch both movies in the time you could watch one painted bird let's say that <laughs> yeah. and leave it to bruce porky to mention the painted bird i i was uh i thought we had an, an armistice regarding a detente regarding the painted bird i love the painted bird bruce porky thought the painted bird was a turd let's face it and exploitive and really bad and really not cool uh not really not cool that you don't like it but it's a, he felt it was really not cool oh my gosh is eric holmes gonna uh, twist it and put the painted bird in one of his <laughs> no Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll just, see. Yeah. Uh, no, number three, top five of 2020 was Lose the Flower of Evil. This, uh, it, wow. as soon as I watch this, I'm like, this is in my top three, 100%. This movie's in my top three. And then I, I went and listened to an interview with the director, and the guy's so like wonderfully insane that I'm like, I just, oh, I love this movie even more. He's like me, he's fucking nuts, and I love him. Well, um, does it have a lot of rewatchability factor for you personally regarding your aesthetic? Yes. And, okay. Yes. And, and because it, this says this says two things: one, it's weird; two, it's fucked up; three, it, you know, it, it says you know it says something uh, very anti-religion, which I always appreciate. And number four, it's got one of those things where you can kind of pick it apart and get different meanings out of things each time you watch it. And uh, it, it's just uh, it, everything about it is great. And I cannot wait to see what the director has in store. I, he's uh, part three. He's number three now. Maybe his next movie gets up number two. Maybe his next movie is number one. Or maybe he just makes nothing but bullshit from here on out. I don't know. But even if he does, this movie is so fantastic. He gets a free pass from me for life. Wow. Bruce, you were going to say something. I was going to say, can we just point out now that Eric has had more choices from Shutter on his list than I did. I just want to make that public. Are you just saying, Bruce, that if Shutter ever, if we ever, are you saying, Bruce, if we ever get like some amazing views and listenerships and if we bump up our things, are you saying that, are you just giving up your Shutter Pass? Is, is there's one? No, pass? I'm saying they better, they better cough up some money if they want to get more on the list next time. Come on, guys. <laughs> Let's get on with this. 
Love it. Love it. Oh, my I can just say I just saw a movie this week that I just added to my list of top 25 for 2021. It may not stay there, but it's already <laughs> one from Shudder. Um, <laughs> just saying, not, guys. May not say, may not say that Shudder, t- start taking a listen. We are really. That's right. And one of these days, maybe I might might pick something from Shudder once I get my act together. Dogs Great don't choice. wear pants. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, Eric. So you must have been re- really excited when that director from Loose uh, talked about his movie on our Instagram feed. That was cool, right? Oh yeah, I saw that and I was like, "Well, that's uh, yeah, surprising for sure for you." <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, the guys. I, I don't know him at all, but he just seems so. I, I I just love the like listening to. Well, I can't listen to all of his interviews because some of them are in Spanish or what, whatever whatever language he speaks. So I don't understand that. But yeah. the one I saw in English, like I just heard him talking about. It, I'm like, I fucking love this guy. I love this guy so fucking hard. It's it's not even real. Yeah, very and, cool. And uh, and we, which is great because I also love his movie too. So it's 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 a it's a perfect marriage of person and movie. And very good. And uh, before also, you go, oh, go ahead. You're gonna oh, say something. Oh, I, I was gonna say also after watching the movie and then watching his watching his interview, I'm like, oh, this totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like the the everything makes so much sense now that this person made this piece of art. I'm going to make, take this opportunity before you get to the, your next pick, Eric. I, I just want to say that another reason why this director was really cool is he also talked about how much he loved the great silence, by the way, which Bruce Perky still has to watch. The reason why I say that is Bruce. We never say that. I do. It's something. Yeah. It's on my list. It's on my list. Yeah. Yes. Because you, I, we have never said, said it to you, Bruce, because you always are ahead of the game when it comes to movie watching over me and Eric. So I'm, I'm glad that he, me and Eric and lose the flower of evil filmmaker Juan Diego Escobar Alzate have that has that over you. I'm really excited to see what you have to say about the great silence. Eric Holmes, what's your next pick? All right, my number two pick, uh, first time uh, watch, is Within Our Gates by Oscar Michaud. Oh, very good. And that that movie just, oh, man, that came out of nowhere. When we did the spotlight, just kind of picked him out of a hat, like, you know, but let's <laughs> see what he got. And he kicked my ass with this movie. And the more I think about it, I was like, this movie should have came out today. Like, 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 just everything—the the race, the religion, like the social—everything about this movie should have came out today, and I think would hold up. Not well, probably wouldn't hold up just because it's a silent movie, and you know, people don't like silence. I guess, which is probably why they keep talking and listening to podcasts like this one. Thank you. Leave a but, review on Amazon. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a really well-told story, though, but to your point, Eric, and it actually could be reshaped for today's storytelling. Within Our Gates is a good story. Yes. You know, the idea about well, well, all those controversial topics, but it's also about redemption. It's, it's so many, and it has a really interesting flashback, and it doesn't really take a linear, predictable approach to the story, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. On, on top of that, like a movie that pissed me off as much as Within Our Gates did, in such a brilliant way, not that the movie pissed me off, but the ideas that it presented and the actual people think these actual things, I just got me angry. It's it's a, I, you can't keep it off a of top five. Like if it if it hits you that if it hits you that emotionally, right? How do, how yeah. do you keep, how do you keep it off? It, yeah. I'd be a dick to do it. 
Yeah. So wow. he just two, called us dicks. He just called us dicks. <laughs> no, 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 Bruce. He, he was looking. He was looking at me with a bullet. So don't worry about it. You're you're exempt. You're exempt. I, I, I don't know if it hit you guys the same way it hit me. I'm just saying for for me personally, it just slapped me inside the head and. I'm walking that back. Jesus Christ. Welcome hey, to the Bruce, walk hey, back Bruce. channel with Eric and Bruce. No, did you, I was Bruce, did you rat did you rat us out? Bruce, did you rat us out and tell Eric that we actually didn't see the movie and we pretended? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I might have. I'm sorry. That's why it didn't you hit us, Eric. Rat bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was Oscar Me Show. That was spearheaded by Eric Holmes. Definitely listen to that to that episode. Very great work. We spotlighted within our gates and body and soul. Obviously, there's so much more Oscar Me Show stuff we all have to, we all have to cover, but really interesting filmmaker. Great choice on that. All right. And now my number two of 2020. And I hope I got this right. So if I did not, you can let me know because I got a. I, I have also rants I can throw in place, but I'm pretty sure they came out this year. And it was my octopus teacher. And let me tell you about. We talk about life changing movies. Yeah, this is one, and this is not one I had in my top three. It, 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 this was the one that knocked Chicago Seven out. Um, wow. And uh, not knocked it out, but knocked it down out of the top three. Again, the more I thought about my octopus teacher, the more I thought of how much it changed me as a person after I went out, just looking at the world a different way and uh, and just kind of it, it left an impression on me. And on top of that, like the the whole, you know, is, you know, fear I have of like just aquatic life in general, the fact that I could even be in... <laughs> You know, just be leaning towards the towards yep. the screen, watching this, as opposed to ah! <laughs> that. Uh, that speaks to how well this movie was made, and it's very beautiful to look at, very beautiful to even more beautiful to consider all the ideas in it. And yeah, there was a Harlan Ellison quote: "For a brief time, I was here, and for a brief time, I mattered." I believe those were his last words, or the his last words. You know, that were mentioned or marked down and that kind of sums up my octopus teacher pretty correctly it's like oh, for yeah, a brief time cool. you're here and for a brief time you matter to someone or something you never know and there's just a yeah there's a a, a lot of uh great things that came out of that movie and there's a lot of great things that put in my head and so my octopus teacher is number two very good very good choice yeah, I, I know you, how much you loved it as well, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Not as much as me because Bruce has no soul. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a dick. Greg is soulless. I'm so I'm soulless. Let, let's not get to the soul part stuff, right? So yeah, above that movie, I think Disney Pixar is never going to give me any screenings ever again after that. So all right, so my my number one first time watch is Vampire. But yes. Bruce already had that on his uh Bruce already had that on his list. So I'm going to cheat. Oh. And I'm going to I'm going to bump I'm going to bump my number 6 up to number 1 just so we can talk about another movie. Yeah. And that is We the Kings with Elliot James Langridge. It was uh it, look just Elliot Langridge in general was a revelation to me as an actor and this was a great movie that uh showcases acting talents. And it's a it's a fun kind of sort of thriller, kind of drama, kind of a little bit of everything. And it's, uh, you know, it was uh, at my number six, didn't quite make the top five. But hey, since Vampire made it on Bruce's top five, 
we get to talk about it now, which is exactly why I'm doing this. So yeah, we the Kings went from number six to number one. Well, you know what? Yeah. You guys, you guys interviewed Ellie James Langridge. Um, who was the other? What was the name of the other uh, girl? The Ali Colet. Yeah, the fact that you don't now, you guys know more about their work. We wouldn't have stumbled onto you guys wouldn't have stumbled yeah. onto these films if it wasn't for the interview, correct? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's really cool. It's really cool. It's a great part of like just learning. So, We the Kings. It's uh, Eric's number one pick. I'm trying to look right now on Just Watch where it's. Streaming We the Kings released in 2018. You can actually watch now on Prime Video and Hoopla. So mm-hmm. very cool. We the Kings might be something that I need to watch and Bruce needs to watch as well. Maybe. Who knows? So very cool. And my number one of 2020. I'll just let you guys say you know exactly what it is. Bruce? <laughs> I know what it is. I'm not going to say it, but I know what it is. It's a movie I still haven't seen. My goodness. <laughs> All right, Bruce, do the honors. What's what's my number one of 2020? Uncle fucking Peckerhead. It is Uncle Peckerhead. Um, this movie is everything I love in movies. And it's, it, I've probably seen this more than uh, Chicago 7. And then I show my sister who hates horror movies. And I show her this. And she's laughing her ass off. And she loves it. And my friends love it. And there's I don't understand how... I've not heard of one person that hates this movie, but I can then uh, like uh, it, it's hard to get people to watch it because it's called Uncle Peckerhead. They think it's, Oh, it's a B horror movie, like a trauma type movie, which you can, I understand you got to be in the mood to see that. That's not what this movie is. This movie has a bunch of heart. It's funny. The music's awesome. The gore is awesome. It's got everything I love in movies. And this is my number one of 2020 and it's, probably one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time so oh my gosh Um, uncle peckerhead is aces i love this movie and i cannot say that loud enough you need to get the blue today because there's there's oh i do i do have it oh very cool okay good good very good yeah you know what bruce you interviewed the guys from uncle peckerhead and this was a a a movie you loved as well right just as much as yeah okay yeah it's really good it's really really fun it was on my top 25 for the year for sure Okay. So, yeah. Well, you know, Uncle Peckerhead is now streaming for free on Prime Video, and it's also free on Voodoo with ads. But I'm going to put words in Eric but, Holmes's mouth. He would but say, "Not, but not on YouTube. It's not <laughs> free on YouTube. If you find Uncle Peckerhead free on YouTube, do not click on it. I already got in trouble for that, so stay away from that. Watch it on Amazon or." something else or better yet buy it on yes. blu-ray buy it on dvd because uh, uh, that's another thing about uncle Pickerhead. this is like uh and when uh bruce interviewed the filmmakers like he mentioned that i think this thing should win oscar for best picture i was not joking like this movie does everything right and it's it it kind of sucks that movies like this kind of Oh, it's not serious, so it's not deserving of rewards. Or you know, oh, it's it, yeah, it, it's fun. I enjoyed it. But no, this movie's this movie's highly enjoyable, yeah. and it, it it just I don't know. It, it just does everything right. So look, Sophie's Choice, great movie, but you know, it's also kind of a fucking bummer. Why, why do you want to yeah. watch Sophie's there's, Choice? There's something there's something to be said for a movie that gives you joy. You know, like I have a mixture too. But I mean, I have movies like Wolf Walkers. I mean, Wolf Walkers is just joyous and, you know, or like uh, the old man, the movie, same thing, right? These are, you could look at them like, oh, this is a goof 
goofy, silly kids movie or a goofy, silly horror movie or whatever, but they bring you joy and joy is about the best thing you can get. Even though this great emotion is awesome and artistic, you can bring a truly joyful, entertaining and creative movie. I mean, that's yeah. all you can ask yeah. for, right? And besides, it's about a guy that turns into a demon for 13 minutes after the night. <laughs> so fuck off. Watch it. Uh, <laughs> okay, Uncle Peckerhead, again, like streaming and uh, streaming. And, but like Eric says, if you have the coin, uh, rent it. I mean, rent it, buy it, purchase it on Blu-ray and DVD. Now we are done. We are with our Find Your Film Awards. We're doing a little bit of just fun, fun little uh, new categories. I'm gonna we're gonna do a roundtable. So each of us will do a, an award. I have I have five made up awards. Do you have how many awards made up? Five. You have five made up awards. How you have five? Okay, I'm gonna start off. My award for most misleading title of 2020 is Shit House. I can't believe I swore swore shit house. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it sounds like a movie like uncle Peckerhead, but it's actually a coming of age film that both me and Bruce Perky really enjoyed. Eric mm-hmm. Holmes was a little, little bit mixed on it, but that would, um, but I think, I don't know. He, he, he was mixed. He didn't completely hate it. He, you were right, right down the middle on, on shit house, but I really enjoyed it. Bruce enjoyed it, but that's my most misleading title of 2020. It is not an uncle Pecker at all horror type of movie. It is a coming of age comedy. So that's my first award goes to shit house. Bruce, you're next. Yes. Uh, some of my awards are more general and some are more specific. This is one of the more specific ones. The best use of gratuitous naked space lady, CGI spaceships powered by dark synth wave that I love, despite my better judgment. The winner <laughs> is, <laughs> blood machines <laughs> thank you blood machines i who who was that what was that again that who directed that oh my gosh you have to look it up i don't have any I, of the stuff in front of me but I, blood I, machines I'm is i know it's made by these french filmmakers and believe it or not so they they always pair up with carpenter brute which is like the synth wave oh i remember format. that yeah and Carpenter Brute is really into like both the synthwave stuff and also into Giallo and slasher stuff. So if you look at some of his videos, it's kind of kind of weird Giallo vibe as well to it. But this movie shouldn't be anything I like, but when I watch it, it's just like it's just like pure dumb candy, but it's also kind of beautiful. And it's it's like three episodes, but one kind of a movie, and it's about fifty minutes long. So hey, very cool. How can you go wrong? And it's on Shutter, so you know, hey. Oh yeah, back. <laughs> back to Shutter. Back on Shutter's graces. Eric, what's your what's your uh, award? What's your first award? All right, uh, my first one I will go with is the Tony Collette Award. <laughs> this award goes to actors that deserve all the awards, but unfortunately won't even get nominated for the shit because the world is unfair. Oh man! And I have uh, I have uh, two recipients. One is. Marianne Jean Baptiste from Fat Man. She played Mrs. Claus. Oh, and the uh, lead character, Brian Landis Fulkins from Rent a Pal, who literally carried his own movie. I uh, humbly I, uh, hope you accept this award, the <laughs> Tony Collette Award, uh, named after Tony Collette, who also puts out great performances, but somehow never even gets nominated or recognized for the great work that she did and the great work you two have done as well in 2020. Thank you very much. And I hope you uh, accept this. Very cool. Okay. So my next, these are very good awards, by the way, my, I always say value added. So my value added film of 2020 is the opening act directed by Steve Byrne. The reason why it's a comedy about 
a stand-up stand-up comic this is a stand-up comic but the good thing about the opening act is it's funny it has a lot of comics in it it's well done i had a good time on a surface level jimmy o yang is the struggling stand-up comic but the reason why it's value added is if you're interested in actually learning a thing or two about what it takes to become a stand-up comic it is deceptively insightful so it has some really good value added stuff in it for people who are into learning about what it takes to be a comic. So the opening act from director Steve Byrne, that's my value added film of 2020. Bruce. Nice. My next one is the best discovery that came to me via Greg or Eric. It's a three-way tie. Eric brought me Alice Guy Blaché and uncle Peckerhead. Thank you. And Greg brought me driveways. So I felt like those were things that I probably never would have discovered otherwise. And I thank you guys. And that's my awards for that category. Very cool. Very cool. Eric. All right. This next one is the Nicholas Coppola's award for love and excellence. This goes out to uh, an actor or actress who I watched their movies throughout the year. And it makes me realize you know, this is why I love this person. And between watching Max Cloud, Dead Collectors, and Avengement, this award, the Nicholas Coppola Award, goes to Scott Atkins. Congratulations. Very I just watched Scott. a bunch of your movies this year and just reaffirmed my absolute love for this man. And I hope that that love continues through 2021 and beyond. Can Scott I say Atkins, that- I present to you the Nicholas Coppola Award of Love. Oh, I would suggest cool. that the award comes to him like it, like about 50 at a time and he has to like fight them all off and then eventually catch one. Yeah. Avengement's so awesome. I also love Legacy of Lies. He's, he's an awesome actor. We love, we love Scott. We all love Scott Adkins. Very good award, Eric Holmes. My next award, not very creative, but biggest director discovery of 2020 since we do director spotlights. Before 2020 started, I had never seen a Mario Bava film. And the fact that Mario Bava now is one of my all-time favorite filmmakers. Yeah, pretty big influence for me. I remember years ago interviewing Brian De Palma. He was he was complaining about why can't directors, when they're shooting a scene, a dinner sequence, or a scene when people are eating across from each other at a table, why can't they make it? Why can't they shoot it? Make why can't they make it visually interesting? He was. I remember him complaining and being a curmudgeon about it. And he's, he's right. So many directors will shoot a scene in, a, in a, a, a dinner sequence in a boring fashion. And it's filmmakers, visualists like Mario Bava, Joseph H. Lewis, and Brian De Palma, Dario Argento, these visual filmmakers who make even the most mundane things interesting. So huge discovery for me. Biggest director discovery was Mario Bava. Yes, Bruce Perky, you're next. Mine is the best running find your film joke. And I'll start with the <laughs> runners up. Okay, the runners cool. up are Tenet is a Turd, 69. Very good, very good. Uh, like for a like. Okay. The Painted Bird. But number one with a bullet is Greg's ever-growing unchecked emails. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very that's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's a very thank you. Very I, good. That, that would be my number. That, that wouldn't be the first number one. But now that you say it, that's definitely number one. That's definitely a number one. Very good choice. Very good choice. And for, unfortunately, that joke is reality. That's me not just hamming it up. That's true. So yeah, Eric, very good, Bruce. Eric, Eric what's yours? 
What's your next one? All right. All right. This next one is the Teen Wolf Awards, otherwise known as the Wolfies. And uh, it goes out. <laughs> it, it's basically the whole point of this award is it's about time they made a good werewolf movie. And this award goes to Jim Cummings for The Wolf of Snow Hollow. The animated movie would have made it, but I don't have Apple Plus. So, Jim <laughs> Cummings, you made a bomb ass werewolf movie. And please accept my Wolfie Award. Yes, very good, Jim Cummings. Mine is sort of like what Bruce was saying, your award. Biggest movie, influ- biggest movie influence for Find Your Film. And my, my winner is a movie that we were all a little bit mixed on. It's a movie called Spree. And the thing with Spree is, you know, it's about a guy who goes on a killing spree just for social media things. And, th- and he was talking about he's so, he's so desperate. He always says, hey, Please like for a like, hashtag follow for a follow. Whenever someone from who's actually watched our or listened to our show gives us a like or a comment, I'll, I'll email or I'll, I'll message Bruce and and Eric at, at what we've, you know, the conversations we've gotten from all, from other people. And I, then I'd always hashtag it with hashtag spree, hashtag follow for a follow, follow for a follow being unfortunately in an insidious fashion, very important to us because we want to be heard. So the perversity of Spree has pervaded into the Find Your Film community. Not Eric Holmes or Bruce Perky. I'm going to take the fall for that, for being a social media, W-H-O-R-E, hashtag Spree. Bruce, you're next. Yes, I kind of previewed this a little bit, but this next one is the best performance, uh, anachronistic performance of Tears for Tears song, in a karaoke sequence featuring Ethan Hawke. And the winner is not Ethan Hawke, surprisingly, but actually it's Eric Holmes. Thank you, Eric Holmes. I give you this award <laughs> for best good. performance of... Very, very good. That is a I, I love to thank my uh, podcast... Oh, hold on. Let me grab the uh, award. I love to thank my podcast co-hosts who uh, encouraged my uh, singing career. And uh, I love you guys. And thank you very much for the award. Uh, guys... Uh, kids, you better you better go to sleep now. Better go to sleep now. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll be home soon. Thank you very much. <laughs> very cool. Yes, that is a movie called Tesla. Yes, there is Tears for Fears in it. And no, we did not like the movie. Very good, Bruce. Very good, Bruce, on that one. Eric, what's your next award? All right, this one is um, kind of a revelation award. I originally called it "Holy Crap, This Actor Is Good," but you know, there are awards you gotta you gotta get the names down, much like the Werewolf Award. You gotta call it the Wolfies. Uh, this one, "Holy Crap, This Actor Is Good." This is the Holy Crappies, and this goes to an actor that is just an absolute res- revelation. And between Max Cloud, We the Kings, and Northern Soul, this award goes out to Elliot James Langridge. Elliot James language language. You are a fantastic actor. You Man. are a dope, great actor. And I cannot wait to watch your career grow. And I cannot wait to see what you do next. You're fantastic. And please accept this holy crappy award. It's not because you're crappy. It's holy crap. You're fucking awesome. And there you go. Very good <laughs> round of applause for that one. That's a very cool award. And I am going to end my awards with something. It's enough said on this. The one, the film I loved and everyone hated, and enough said, is the winner of that is the tax collector. 
So that's it. Enough said <laughs> on that. Bruce Perky, you're going to close. What's what's your last Wait, award? My final award. <laughs> the tax collector, I know. My my final award. I was going to do something about his, his tattoo, but I didn't do that. <laughs> the most painful to consider cringe-inducing item that Hunter, played by Haley Bennett, decided to swallow in Swallow. All right. Yeah. And the winner is... A jeweler's screwdriver. <sighs> Swallow. What a movie. It, yes. And that's being ignored come awards time. She's so great in that movie. Eric Holmes, I hope you see Swallow one day. You're going to really love it. I might eat it all up. Very good. But I'm <laughs> very good. Eric Holmes, you have the last award. What you got? All right. Uh, this, this one, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be an ongoing year for year. Um this goes to excellence in furthering the art form or helping others discover the art form. This is the first inaugural Elise Guy Blaché Award. Oh, very good. And I, I uh, hand this award out to Pamela B. Green for carrying the torch of an amazing filmmaker and bringing light uh, to someone who absolutely deserved it and who would be buried in darkness otherwise. Uh, Pamela B. Green, because of you, we have uh, you have introduced a, a filmmaker in our lives that has enriched us, and hopefully through our talking about it, has enriched others. And I hope you accept the first inaugural Elise Guy Blaché Award for excellence. Thank you very much. You're very and good. There you go. Yes, love that documentary. Love Elise Guy Blaché and. Definitely check it, Check out our previous podcast on Elise Key Blaché. Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes did a really great job at talking about not just the documentary, but Guy Blaché's work and growth as a filmmaker. Very interesting stuff on that. Okay. So that is our inaugural Find Your Film Awards. We, uh, we're going to get to Bruce Perky and what's in the box in a second. But Eric, do you have one one recommendation for this week to, to quickly mention before we get to Bruce? Are we talking about recommending or are we teasing for next week? Okay, you can tease one. I, I have one recommendation. Bruce is going to wrap up the show with, with oh, a... Okay. Uh, yeah. But, but, well, I, I mean, it sounds ridiculous now. It's all WandaVision. It's so oh, ridiculous. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. But I, I I do want to uh, I do want to tease for next year one night in Miami fucking awesome go watch it and we'll talk about more of that next week but okay. uh, for now we'll 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 talk a little about bit about Wandavision it's uh hey uh, Greg do you like Bewitched uh yes I'm, I I'm mm. often Bewitched bothered and bewildered but I'm pumped that's an <laughs> old song but yeah I do like Bewitched the thing do you like I, it? I like well, sitcoms well, 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 well real quick do you like I love Lucy. Yes, love my mooners. Yeah, love mooners. You like all, all that stuff. You know yeah. what? That is the first two episodes of WandaVision. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's it's very little more than that. The thing that bugs me about this is that if this was not MCU, that no one would watch this. I mean, it, it does the it does the old sitcoms well, very well. What you know and what it, you... It, it, it's it's very adorable, but it's not. There's nothing there. We're t- we're we're two episodes in it, and I have no idea what this is. But uh, you're 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 not you're not holding on hope that it, it was probably building towards something interesting, maybe. Or do you think it's so far in two episodes? It's all artifice for you. It's just they, artifice. they did they did so they did one episode, and it was a it was a I love Lucy episode pretty much. It was you know they start the story, they end the story, 
and it had a little weirdness in it. And I'm like, okay, they had the weirdness, and then we'll get, get to the second episode. Second episode happens, and they just do it again. Mm. And then throw a little weirdness in it. I'm like, oh, is this going to be a lost thing where I got to get through 20 episodes to finally get to the point of what this is? Now, maybe I've heard in the third episode, they kind of start getting to the point. And if that's the case, good on them. And I mean, it, it has it has uh, potential to be good. But right now, Ooh. this wasn't MCU. This would not be <laughs> the, this would not be something people would keep watching. It's like I get the joke and then they would move on. OK, so Eric Holmes, that's not a real recommendation. It's WandaVision. It's a little bit blurry so far. WandaVision is blurry. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Bruce, have you seen it? Are you going to watch it? I have seen it. And I'm pretty much right with Eric on it. Oh, I think no. it's OK. It's a good recreation of kind of the style of those shows but i think that it need to have more of the because there's obviously a, a world within a world or a dream or a alternate reality or something going on we know that needed to give us a little more of that cracking through the surface to like tights us a little farther mm-hmm. breaks into that a lot more so i'm i'm willing to stay on board for a few more but it's got to give me more or i'm gonna probably bail out by probably four if it doesn't get fair if it doesn't start becoming more interesting Okay. So I should also mention that One Night in Miami is also an MCU movie and is a very good one. So go check that out before next week when we talk about it and just heap all the praise onto it. One Night in Miami, folks. Yeah, I can't wait to see that one as well. My only recommendation before we get to Bruce Perky's What's in the Box pick is a film from 1963. We got to, you know, we mentioned Jalo. So I guess our streak for Jalo, Dario, Argento, Mario, Baba continues. I don't know how long we've been doing it. Maybe the last 15 to 20 episodes, maybe we've been mentioning Jalo, or maybe for almost the entire run. We Every week we try to mention or review or talk about Jalo cinema. My recommendation this week is a really good recommendation, really solid film. I have a little bit of a, a quibble with it, but here's the thing. It's directed by Mario Bava. It was released in 1963. It, I, the original title is The Girl Who Knew Too Much, but it's also called The Evil Eye. The Evil Eye, it's, quote, a mystery novel-loving American tourist witnesses a murder in Rome and soon finds herself and her suitor caught up in a series of killings. So it stars John Saxon. The main person is, yeah, John Saxon from Enter the Dragon, right? And also- No, 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 no. He's from an Argento movie, I think you want to say. Oh, what 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 Argento movie was he in? Uh, Deep Red, right? No, not Deep Red. What was, what? what, what? Oh, what? What Argento movie? I think he's, uh, uh uh-oh, now you have to help me here, Eric. I think he's in Tenebrae. Pretty oh, sure. he's in Tenebrae? Oh, very cool. Perhaps. Perhaps in Tenebrae. Tenebrae again. He's it's probably in Tenebrae. Long. Yeah, but he's also in, in Enter the Dragon. But uh, yeah, he's probably in an Argento film. I'll look it up. I'm thinking maybe Death House or I'll look it up. I'll look it up. But John Saxon, he's in at least a Bava film. He's He plays a suitor. The main actress, the main person is Leticia Roman. And this movie is shot in black and white. It is a beautiful looking movie. And we're talking about Bava being a visual filmmaker for all of the movie. You can, this is a movie that I can rewatch over and over again for visual inspiration, shot composition, pacing, everything about it, the mystery about the killings, so much of great world building about it. Like she's trying to find, she's trying to figure out who this killer is. There's going to be twists. There has to be some kind of twist in the movie. So many good things. It's set in Rome. So many great things about it. But the ending petered out for me. I did not 
the ending did not stick the landing. It would, it's, it tried being comical a little bit and there are touches of comedy in the evil eye that didn't work for me. But my thing, like Eric Holmes, the reason why Uncle Peckerhead is number one, it, it really fits to his aesthetic. The evil eye fits to my visual aesthetic. I can see Brian De Palma when he was a kid, probably watching the evil eye and deciding to start shooting like Mario Baba. It's a direct, I, I'm surprised. I wonder if Brian De Palma ever mentions Mario Baba in his interviews because you can see Baba's influence really big, was really big on De Palma. And you can see it. This is one of the most beautifully shot mystery thrillers I've seen. It just doesn't stick the landing at the ending. You can catch The Evil Eye streaming on Shutter, which is a service I recently picked up. So check out The Evil Eye on Shutter, directed by Mario Bob. Wait, what? You picked yeah, up Shudder? Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's how I saw it on Shudder. They have all these Jalo things. I decided to go for Shudder. So now there's three people talking about Shudder. I'm way behind on this. But again, <laughs> The Evil Eye is highly recommended. <laughs> wow. yeah, it's it's 3.5 out of 5, but don't let the 3.5 fool you if you really love, again, for the upteenth time, visual cinema. This one is an eye-catching movie. I hope one of, one of these days you guys really check out the evil eye and maybe you might even like the final act more than me and you might even upscale your review of this film we're going to close out our episode with a our weekly what's in the box segment with bruce perky bruce send us off yeah so uh my son had put in the i happened to pick his out of it and it's the one and only ivan which is on uh, disney plus this is from 2020 actually uh directed by uh, thea thea shirak i think i how i say her name Listen to this cast. So, okay, first of all, on the on the real plus side, this is a, a real good quality kids movie of the Disney style. And you know how they're making all of these, they call them live action remakes of like The Lion King and all these things where they're, they're animated, but they call them live action because it's more of a photorealistic animation. Yeah. Well, this has that style, but it's an original property, which right out of the gate, I appreciate way more than them remaking another one of their big movies. It's, it's, it's an original one they haven't done before. This is the cast voice actors, of course, mostly uh, Brian Cranston is not a voice actor. He's, he's live action. Sam Rockwell, Chaka Khan, Ron Funches, Angelina Jolie, Helen Mirren, Danny DeVito, Brooklyn Prince. <laughs> so pack. This is the basic concept. They say it's, you know, based on a true story about a, this is supposed to be this mall and the mall is kind of on the down. It's kind of going out of business and it has a circus theme. And in the back of the mall, there's a kind of a stage, like a circus, big top, you know, stage kind of a deal. And they have a daily show and they actually have animals there. And Ivan is a gorilla that's there. He's kind of the main character. That's of course, Sam Rockwell. And uh, there's an elephant and there's a a dog, which is actually Danny DeVito's character, kind of a stray dog that comes in and befriends him. And the whole kind of the point of the movie is that they eventually want to, it's about, you know, getting free of there and, you know, like getting freedom from this kind of life living in this mall. And um, it's really sweet and it's pretty funny. It doesn't have a bunch of, it doesn't have any songs in it. I think that it's, it's a solid kids that inter- that adults can enjoy too. And it's really, really well animated. I think it's got a satisfying story and a satisfying ending as well. And But what most of all is interesting is that when you get to the very end of the movie, they show you the photos of the actual Gorilla Ivan. And the interesting fact about this movie is I have seen the real Ivan in the actual mall that he actually lived in in the late 70s and early 80s. Oh, very which, cool. 
was this place called B&I in Tacoma, Washington. And it was, you can look online and find some videos of it and stuff. I think I might've linked it in. I don't know if you guys have ever seen any of the footage of this before. This is definitely the Disney-vied version of that mall. Imagine like a rundown kind of a warehouse strip mall. And if you went into the very back of it, there was just a small concrete cage with a full adult gorilla in it. And that's what Ivan lived in for like 20 years or something of his life. And he actually did eventually by public outcry, get, you know, freed and put into like a nice, you know, country habitat where he could, you know, relatively run free and have nature around him and stuff. But um, it's a, it's a pretty solid movie. I think that this could have done really well if it had had a, a movie release, you know, in a normal year, but because it hasn't, it's kind of buried in Disney plus. So Mm, buried so a lot better than one it's even if you don't have kids it's worth watching as an adult it is i think it it so i know they recently remade dumbo you know which has some similar themes and i think this probably is closer to capturing some of the emotion and stuff that dumbo wants to capture but does it in a unique and original story and i think it's uh what i really appreciated about it is it's very very small for a disney movie like you think it's going to go certain directions. It doesn't go where it could have made it a much bigger, like Disneyfied adventure. And they keep it really focused. And I think that ends up being in the long run, a much sweeter and um, actually kind of pretty emotional little kids movie. It's pretty good. Mm. Sounds like a Pete's Dragon type of movie. Very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Nice, nice and subtle. The one might, might I, I might actually watch that. The one and only Ivan. Now to wrap up, Bruce, do you have, let's got to do the Eric, yeah. Eric Holmes. You, we need the sound effects. What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Oh, oh, <laughs> very good. Can I mention? Can I mention? Yes. <laughs> the one best thing about the first two episodes of WandaVision is there's an extended sequence where they're asking what's in the box. And I'm going to have to get that audio for us. Do you know what I'm talking about, Eric? Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, was she? You're not talking about the wife. When they're doing that, that trick. There's a oh, moment where they're okay. doing that trick where they say I, over I thought, and over. I thought you were talking about when dude was choking. No. And the, the wife is just la- laughing and laughing and laughing and kind of got uncomfortable. One of, the, one of the few actually really good parts about one vision as much as no, I shit on it. it, it in it the second episode. Parts, but, yeah. In the second but, episode, they're doing a magic trick with a big like disappearing act box. And there's a point yeah. in there where they keep saying, what's in the box? What's the box? And everybody's yelling, what's in the box? I'm like, oh my God, we got to have that audio. Great audio great I, I'm going to have to find a movie called What's in the Box on Pornhub and review that for... <laughs> then, yeah, well, we're in the e-show, so that's that's in there. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I have it I shudder to think, Eric. <laughs> Ching. Okay. Okay, so what we got? Nice. Okay, this will be a rewatch but I've only watched it once and it's been long enough that I'm willing to watch it again. And it's one that it deserves talking about. And this is suggested by Matthew J. Picardat. Picardat? I don't know if I got his name okay. right. Thank you, Matthew. A ghost story. Yes. Oh, okay. A ghost story. Oh, so good. Our so brother, nice. our brother in arms, Andrew. Uh, why did it say Andrew? I was going to say Andrew Martin from Andrew watches movies. Anderson Cowan, our buddy, Anderson Cowan loves a ghost story. I'm assuming Andrew Martin loves it as well. Shout out to Andrew Martin and Anderson Cowan, but Anderson loves a ghost story. Eric Holmes, you got something in your, you got, what do you got? You got a piece of paper on you. What, what, what is this? I, I, I know I did the uh, five uh, awards already, but I forgot one. I forgot one. You guys are going to know. Oh, you guys are gonna okay. This. Okay. 
What is it? The, this is the award for best podcast co-host. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm not Damn it, it's not me. <laughs> and they go out to... Oh, we got a couple names on here. We got Bruce Perky, yes. Greg Suzavossi, and you. Louis Lacau. Congratulations. Oh, yes. You we all won Lewis. best podcast co-host. In your oh, face, they- Greg. <laughs> uh, in the face. Yeah. Shout out to Louis Lacau. He was uh, one of the our, the first four in our previous podcast moniker movie mainline. He is he now hosts and produces three idiots with a mic. So check those guys out. Very good final uh, award from Eric Holmes. We will be back next week, but right now we are going to start our, our double header, which is a director's spotlight on experimental filmmaker Maya Darren. Now that's, we're not going to be reviewing movies under Maya Darren, mainly shorts, but there's some really cool, interesting stuff we we're going to talk about regarding Maya Darren. So check out, check that out. Thank you so much for listening to find your film, Bruce or Eric. Do you have anything else to say before we go? Love you guys. I love you love too, you Eric. Guys too. Love you too, Bruce. Check out Bruce Perky stuff on YouTube. He has his own movie review channel, Rusto Meyer, Eric Holmes. He's still working on his RPG board game board game that's uh, going to support his upcoming film, which he will shoot and and eventually become really famous and leave us. So we're gonna have to find a real replacement down the road. Bruce Perky, Eric Holmes, you had something. I might have some uh, new uh, information on that. Come oh yeah! Week, so stay oh, next tuned. week, stay tuned on the on the game, and, and remember to always email hamslime dot hamslime at gmail dot com for information on on the game. By the way, uh, this is this got to lead into our awards for for this year. You, you know, ongoing in jokes, no booty call emails for Eric Holmes. Please, we'll see you guys next week on Find Your Film. Sorry, Eric. Bye.